Okay, greetings all of my magical humans. Please come on into the room. Come into the room and if you are not either in school or at work or in, in the car, please turn your camera on if you can. Turn your camera on if you can. We have a special guest and so I'm wanting us to jump right in. Yay. <laughs> Come into the room. Please mute yourself, my beauties. Please mute yourself. Come into the room. Okay, so here is how today is going to go. So I'm going to introduce our guest and then we will light candles together and you will share in the chat what you brought for our energetic altar. And then I'm going to move ahead in the conversation with our sacred guest. And so here is who we have with us today. Cue applause, applause, applause. <laughs> this beautiful human who is here with us is goddess Asha, Asha Frost, who is the writer and creatrix of You Are the Medicine and the Sacred Medicine Oracle both of which I highly recommend and feel like they are very powerful spiritual siblings for my work. So let me tell you a bit about Goddess Asha. So she is an indigenous medicine woman and a member of the Chippewas of Nawash First Nation. As an energy healer, homeopath, and mentor, Asha has guided thousands of people through her profound and lasting transformation with her ceremonies, teachings, and speaking events. Asha lives on Inashabe. Inash Let me make sure I have that right. I practiced, Goddess Asha, I practiced Inashabe territory with her husband and two beautiful children with whom she co-creates a better world for the seven generations to come. Welcome, Goddess Asha. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. It's so lovely to be here. It's so wonderful to have you. And you were one of the most requested guests, I think, for a reason. Your work is profound. It is impactful. It is life-changing. I know it has been to you, and it is sacred medicine for all of us. So please, I gave the official bio. You please Can you please tell us who you are? How do you define who you mm. are? Yeah, I love to introduce myself in Anishinaabe. My spirit name is Healing Rainbow Woman. And also, She Who Walks the Path of the Thunderbirds. That's a new one that I'm claiming and rooting down. And my ancestors are from all over so-called Ontario, both maternal and paternal, uh, many of them around the big water of the Georgian Bay. So water is such deep medicine for me. Mm -hmm. And I have been in these spaces, wellness and new age spaces for the last 20 years um, as a medicine woman and healer. And um, the most big, the biggest thing about, about my work, I think, is that how I've evolved and everything's unfolded from doing the work on myself and how the wisdom really has come from reclaiming ancestral medicine ways and re-indigenizing myself. So that's, that's how I introduce myself. Hmm. Thank you for the term re-indigenizing myself. I was really moved by your work and by your book and the idea of re-indigenizing, which, you know, most of the most of us 
live in places where we have been colonialized, where the land has been colonialized. And so the idea of re-indigenizing, particularly from you as an indigenous healer is a powerful one. Can you expand on what exactly that means? Yes. Well, I think I do believe we all have been colonized, which is why I think primarily in our society, we're really in our minds. There's all this information. And I think to re-indigenize a space, first of all, is me as an Indigenous woman taking up space, space that's never not really been made for us because that land has been taken away. Mm -hmm. So that goes from a very deep spiritual level of taking up space and making my Indigenous presence known and the energy flowing through a space that I'm in. And then for me, it speaks to connecting to ways that I believe our ancestors did, which is sitting with the land, um, listening to our dream time, sitting in quiet, uh, all the things that connect us to spirit and our heart and our vision, all of those ways where we're interacting with all of creation um, in a way that's, I think, out of our minds, because I think we've been colonized from the land and from the earth. And sometimes we're just kind of hanging out up here and we need to drop back down and drop back down to get rooted to see to see our relationship with all of creation. So that's what it means to me. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. I live in New York on the land of the Lenape people, um, what is considered to be New York at this moment in time. What was it that gave you the confidence? We were having a little bit of a chat before we came on. What gave you the confidence to stand in your truth and be able to come forward with your work, especially at a time when we are as creators, you know, as creators, as creative people, you know, it, there, this is a time more than at any other time in our recent history where you have access to, like you said, you've changed thousands of lives, but you also have the, the, the energy of thousands of potential critics, you know, coming mm -hmm. your way. And, and so it takes a lot of courage really to be able to step forward and step into your truth. Where does that come from for you? I think that's a daily practice. I wish I could say every day I show up in pure confidence or I don't feel wobbly, um, but it goes through cycles. And for me, it's building that capacity to expand my platform and expand my visibility. And it's come for me because it's been 20 years, step by step. So a little bit, sometimes I say it's turtle medicine because it's never, it hasn't been overnight success or overnight, here I am, everyone, you know, let's communicate together. It's been um, listening to the medicine of my ancestors, the messages through that dream time, through that quiet time, trusting that when I feel that activation, that I do take inspired action. So this is a result of, I feel like millions of sparks of inspiration that have turned into divine action steps that I've taken towards um, sharing my medicine in the world. And in the times of doubt, I will sit in quiet and ask my ancestors, am I still walking in a good way? Am I still walking in the way that you envisioned for me? Am I still living the dreams out that you have for me? And um, I check in, I check in with them. And I always feel that fire that just keeps to keeps me going forward. Mm, okay. I, I, 
as a as a fire person as a person who <laughs> lives and thrives on fire i definitely feel that i felt very um we we shared space at a recent uh event in new york city and it was very interesting i don't know if you noticed um like i noticed like all of the women of color i think it was totally by accident but we were all kind of sat in <laughs> in one line <laughs> and then ended up talking but i think that we would have ended up connecting and talking even if we were not um next to each other um and as i said your your message and your work i find very very healing and very powerful how do you how do you propose that people who are not from your community use your sacred medicine in a way that is ethical in a way that is honest in a way that is honorable and healing I love this question because so many folks ask me, am I allowed to use your, your medicine cards? Am I allowed to even read your book? And that's such a respectful question. And first I want to say, if you're asking those questions, then I think your heart is already open to using it with reciprocity and respect and reverence, because I think asking questions is a beautiful way for us to come together and learn from each other. So for me, it's knowing about the history, even knowing the lands that you're on right now, the original stewards of those lands. It's knowing the history of the people, the original people who held these teachings and maybe researching a little bit more about the trauma and harm and the on Turtle Island, the attempted genocide of those people, knowing that history and holding that too. I say, if you can hold a piece of that for me, then I don't have to carry that huge load on my shoulders if you can care and hold um my people with that with that truth those eyes of truth and speak about that and share about that um then we can be in reciprocity with the teachings because then you're caring about uh, the people that it came from and the people that it comes from. And I think that's a really important way that you can engage with them respectfully. And also you're not taking it like, oh, I read this book by Asher Frost and now I'm a mini Asher Frost and I'm going to teach all these teachings and make a profit off of these and co-opt them in that way. Um, I'm not the boss of that. I'm not, I can't police that in, in any way, but I know that um, people Everybody that I know who has interacted with these teachings and medicines, they have done it in a really beautiful way. And they they are um, in, in enacting their own medicine or invoking their own medicine from my words, using them as a catalyst to express their beautiful medicines with the world. Thank you for that. Goddess Selena says, I saw your deck, but I paused on getting it because I wanted to do so with respect. I'm so glad that you said this. Wonderful, wonderful goddess Selena. Okay, so let's, we, we begin each session, goddess Asha, by lighting a candle. So let's light our candles together. And we are inviting in the energy of light. We are inviting in the energy of sacred healing. Let our circle be unbroken as we have gathered together today. Okay. Okay, and now please type into the comments what you brought for our energetic altar. Some people are already sharing. So Goddess Nandi brought a, oh, beautiful elaborate necklace for intuition and spiritual alignment. And I actually brought Asha's deck, the Sacred Medicine Oracle, 
and I pulled a card. So Goddess Asha, please let us know what you brought in, then I'll share with you which card I pulled from your medicine mm -hmm. bag. I brought some sacred sage so that we can do a little bit of a smudge ceremony, even though it's energetic, I still feel like this will, this will help to connect us to our ancestors. Oh, beautiful, beautiful and appropriate. And actually, that was another question that someone had asked a couple of weeks back about sacred sage and about white sage. Mm -hmm. And is it ethical? Again, you know, the same, a similar question. What are the ethics around using white sage, for example? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good question to ask. And the way that I can answer this is is through my body because I I will see people using sage. This doesn't happen as much because there's more consciousness now, mm -hmm. but they would use it in their ads, right? Instagram ads and just waving it around or um, in their, their photos of their website or whatever this is. And I could feel instantly my body like a disconnect, like there was an extraction or a taking. So sometimes it's hard to discern and say, this is the right way to do it. This is the wrong way to do it. But because sage is such a beautiful medicine, first, if you can grow it yourself, that's a beautiful way to do it. Second, if you can't and you need and you would like to access it and you have a relationship with it, ask ask the store where they got it from. Don't get your sage from Sephora or whatever those places are, right, that are really um, co-opting and taking. Ask them where they get them from. Is it an indigenous community? Are they giving back to that community? And then developing a relationship with the medicine. When you have it, ask it how much of you wants to be used, a very little amount. If you've burned sage before, you only need a tiny amount to, to get a beautiful cleansing. And just to ask, how can I honor you with reverence and respect? Maybe you're doing an offering on the earth or for your altar. Um, what does the spirit of you need? You know, what does the spirit of you look like? So having those relational conversations from the spirit of the medicine to your spirit is a beautiful way to develop that relationship and, and hold it in a sacred way. And if you feel so drawn to sage, I do believe there's a reason why. So I would never say you're not allowed to use it. Just using it with these practices, I think, really helps to bring the sacredness back. Thank you. Thank you, Goddess Asha. Okay, so here is the elder who has showed up, who showed mm -hmm. up when I pulled from your deck. And so it is card number 20, storytelling and connection, which makes sense for what we are talking about today. So can you tell us a bit about either this card or the let's talk about let's talk about this beautiful deck and the oracle and what oracle means to you? Yeah, well, I'll start with the card. So storytelling reminds us, you know, in the we're moving into winter here in the northern hemisphere. So in the winter time is when we pass down our deepest wisdom because there was not a lot of things to do. We were resting right in indoors. That's when we would pass the stories down from one generation to the next. So that card opens up that invitation for you to be a storyteller, listen to the stories, know the potency and power. If we talk about re-indigenizing, 
that is connecting to stories, right? Um, connecting to that. We have two ears to listen two times as much as we're speaking. So holding space for stories, um, weaving that through perhaps maybe your elders, your ancestors, beings that you want to sit and have tea with to listen to those stories and, and share and pass them on. And also if you feel activated or an inspired action to write them down, maybe this is a time for you to speak your stories into the world or to write them down to pass them on. So um, it is a really, it is a really beautiful remembering of that re-indigenization of our, of our spirits. So that is that card. And then the deck and what the Oracle means to me, I was, I have loved cards, like card decks since I was 20. At that time, they weren't called oracles necessarily. It was like angel cards or angel decks, or there was a couple animal spirit decks. And I started using them. So I was 20 and I sort of gathered some and started using them and found like the energy, the energy vibration of each deck and how they work together and how each of them seemed to have a being that would dance with one another. And then when I, I became a homeopath, so I had a private practice and I started thinking, oh my goodness, how can I start using these Oracle decks or these decks in my private practice work? So we would just simply choose a card together based on the stories that those people would tell me. And they sit in front of me and share about their deepest shames and their biggest secrets. And they would share all these things. And when I would pick a card, I would say, okay, I've heard you. I validate, I acknowledge your stories and all that you've been through. And through all of this, I've always remembered and see that you have that medicine, this sacred medicine that would flow and, you know, just shine through them. And I'd say, let's choose a card to remind you of your medicine. So that was the prompt that I would take people through is um, using the cards as a mirror or as something to reflect back to them, even a question. What does this bring forward for you? What is it? What's the remembering that happens? So that. That is really what got initiated. That was when I was 27 and I reused them since then and gathered different oracles. And then I would use them in ceremony and my healing circles and my workshops. They became a thing. I thought this is an amazing practice and a way in to activate people's medicines. So it's meant a lot to me. And it was a dream I had when I was 20. And it took me 26 years for this to come out in the world. So I'll never give up on those dreams because it was a lot of those inspired action steps. And it was a lot of those, a lot of moments of crying sometimes, listening to my ancestors, trusting that I was meant to have this, this way of medicine in the world so that others could pick and choose a card and remember who they are. Because to me, that's what an oracle um, well, my oracle, that's why I've created that is to help to um, bring forward the blood and bone and sacred water memories and how our ancestors speak through us. Um, I love an oracle for those purposes. So yes, yes, oh. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I feel, I feel I've had a, a very similar journey. It's almost like the oracle, oracle process or, or Oracle medicine calls you forward, doesn't it? Yes. And I'm sure that a lot of people who are here in this circle also feel called forward by the the magic of Oracle, the magical, uh, the magic of um, divination. And so mm -hmm. that is why we are here. So I'm going to now turn it over to you, Goddess Asha, 